If you call your CPA to do your kid's math homework, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad, and we are celebrating suburban dad life. The show is hosted by my good friend, Coach Randy. I am Adam D., and we welcome you welcome. to another podcast. Number 11. Great to be with you. Now, Randy, this is kind of our educational-themed episode. Yes, it is. I'm not going to lie to you. On my way over yes. to the basement studio, <laughs> I passed our local high school. An interesting thing, they had a mangled-up car. I noticed that, too. Did you see that? I noticed that, too. And I think that that is symbolic of making people aware of distracted driving. Correct. But the problem was I was so distracted (laughs) by this mangled-up car that I almost swerved off the road myself. It's part of a national movement, in particular at this time of year, they start talking about kids and proms and drinking and driving, texting and driving. But I, I I too saw that, and I thought to myself, it's supposed to remind you about distracted driving, but yet I'm looking to my right being distracted. And you can't take your eyes off of it. Because it's a pretty effed up car. <laughs> it did its job. It did its job. You know, so listen, a few things. Uh, this is uh, the School of Dad today. The School of Dad. The school like of Dad. Said, it's all about education. We've got a guest who is of an educational yes. nature, Dr. Matthew Block. Dr. Matthew Block. We love Dr. Matthew Block. Looking forward to talking to him. You know, but before we get to that, mm-hmm. of course, we have to promo some business. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. TCB. Absolutely. And uh, promote. Uh, our one and only, uh, we need more, want more, uh, Berman Branding, right? Becky Berman. Uh, Becky Berman, www.bermancs.com. Berman Branding offers a range of consulting services, all designed to help your company reach its true potential. Whether you're looking for a small tweak or a complete overhaul, we have you covered. Becky Berman is a founding member of the firm and an accomplished, and I say that, an accomplished Marketing professional. It's the truth. I will vouch for that. I would vouch for that. She designed our Bad to the Dad logo. I got the skull pipe hat. You know, I'm, I'm tired of talking about getting gear. I'm getting gear this We're gonna week. We're going to get in gear. I am making an effort. I'm making an effort to get to gear buy this the week. Gear. I want to promote that. Uh, and folks out there... Not paying for shipping, though. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go the cheap shipping route. It's gonna, it'll, be, it'll be here by June. It'll be here through China by June, but we'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And of course, we're on... Most social media platforms, of course, on Instagram, at Bad to the Dad. Facebook is forward slash Bad to the Dad. And check out our website. Interact with us through the website. It's badtothedad.com. And you can see pictures of our guests, of what we do in the background, during our interviews. You can also check out what I'm calling, Randy, the Dad's Attic. Oh, my gosh. What is the Dad's Attic, dad's you may ask? Every, every week, something new. What is the Dad's Attic? The dad, so you know we have guests yes. sign something that yes. pertains to their profession or their hobbies. Yes. We've had a boxer, Leo, of course, he signed yeah. boxing gloves. We yes. had DJ KG at the yep. last episode. Signed the, signed uh, the CD case, right. Yep. right? So this is essentially a collection of signed crap <laughs> that our wives say, do not bring this upstairs. Yes. We're trying to declutter the house Absolutely. so it stays in the studio the on a shelf. Attic. And we're going to need another shelf. But I that's guess. You're so clever. You that's really the dad's so attic. You, you constantly just surprise and amaze me with this incredible ingenuity of dad stuff. This is a workshop for <laughs> brilliant ideas. And, you know, sometimes we hit the bullseye and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we miss. Yeah. When we miss, we go big or go home. Oh, yeah. We're always shooting for the moon. So speaking of which, yes. I feel, because this is the education episode, this is right? The School, school of, Dad, of Dad. We have an opportunity to do some self-help. And I've been trying out something with uh, my own kids. Okay. So this could be a life hack. 
Has this ever happened to you? You come home from work. I'm with you. And you see your kids, and chances are your kids' faces are buried in some sort of electronic device. Absolutely. And you're excited to connect with them after a day of being away from them, and you yes. say, kids, how was school? What do they say? Good. Good. What'd you Kid learn? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Did you learn anything interesting? We learned things. Yes. So I came up with a device to flip it around. All right. Uh, that makes it a little bit more engaging. Ooh, I'm for, interested. Yes, for, for your student children All right. to interact with you, but also take ownership of the conversation. Okay. So instead of asking, how was your day? What did you learn? Did you learn anything interesting? And they just come back with good, good stuff, stuff and then. things. Yes. I ask this. Okay. Can you teach me something that you learned today? Ooh. Can you teach me something? That's Can you a stumper. teach me something? And has it worked? That you learned today. So far, so good. Now, you have to know your audience, and you have to pick the right timing, right? <laughs> you have to know your audience. Because you've got to let your you kids decompress. you got a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. So it's like, you know, Apollo 13 trying to hit that window so they Absolutely. can get into the atmosphere. That's the window i got to find. Yes. And I was, I was amazed at what I learned. So first, my daughter loves science. Yes. And she said, yes, Dad. Ooh. She said, you know... Potential energy will always be greater than kinetic energy. And did you know that beforehand? I just remembered it when my <laughs> daughter told me that potential energy is greater than kinetic energy. I would not know that, and I would learn something well, at that moment. And after she explained it to me, yes. and I have to tell you, in all honesty, I was half listening because I was just so amazed that she gave me <laughs> an, an example. I said, can you use that in a practical sense? And she wasn't sure if she could. I said, let me give an example. Mm -hmm. had a buddy of mine. Yep who was snowblowing his driveway mm -hmm. a few years ago, and he actually lost a part of his finger. Ouch. How did that happen? How did it happen? So apparently a stick or a twig of some sort got caught in the blades. Okay. He did turn off the snowblower, mm -hmm. but he reached his hand in there to pull out that twig. And what had happened? The blades turned. Ow. Because there was kinetic energy stored up in those blades. So I said, life it could save your life. Life lesson. And then I asked the same of my son... Um, where he's younger mm -hmm. and there's more distractions and the mm -hmm. expectations are lower. Lo and behold, we're having lunch today. Yes. And he tells me about the chemistry of the glow stick. The glow stick. And the glow stick is a very important giveaway item at many a party. Yes. Or an event. New Year's Eve, bar bar mitzvahs, Absolutely. weddings, birthday parties, any, anything. Yes. And you know, he said, well, there's, there's sort of two chemical events that happen. There's mm -hmm. the inserting of the liquid into the tube mm -hmm. and then when you break it another liquid has to be released in order to give it that glow huh and i have really nothing to contribute because i'm not a chemist but i have actually put a glow stick in my, in my mouth when i was 10 and chewed on it and the liquid uh, seeped into my mouth and i remember spending almost 45 minutes in the bathroom trying to purge this purge. very toxic liquid from my yeah, mouth yeah i don't know if i ever put that into my mouth and you should. do such a thing but i think that's a good life lesson so to all people out there do not put glow sticks into your mouth unless of course the mouth guard you're supposed to put into it but that sounds kind of gross or if you're learning science from your kids well i got to tell you Teach me something you learned today. I'm going to give that a shot. Matt Block is our guest today, Coach Randy. I am excited. I mean, listen, we've known Matt for a long time. I mean, excuse me, Dr. Doctor, Dr. Block. Doctor, Doctor. And Doctor. doctor. And Doctor. Name the movie? Uh, uh, Spies Like Us. Yes, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. Chevy Aykroyd's. Chase, yes. yes 1986, doctor. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's also Dr. Rosen. Dr. Rosen. And Dr. Rosen. Dr. Rosen. Yeah. Rosen. Yes. Fletch. Yes. Yeah. Chevy Chase is the gift that keeps on <laughs> giving. He is the gift, right? 
but Dr. Block is uh, the school of dad. He's going to come in. I'm excited. I'm going to ask. I want to ask him some hard questions. I know you will. Well, you, we're all in the education business in yes. some way. Yes. He's in public school education, yep. and you're doing the coaching as an entrepreneur. I do it in the corporate sense. So it's going to be a real meeting of the minds here. Well, I'm curious to know his thoughts on parents. Oh, he's probably got some good ideas. Oh, they, they could be the worst. Those parents, they're <laughs> effing nuts. <laughs> what I love about Dr. Matt is this is a guy who is really passionate about education. And since we've known him, mm-hmm. we've seen him really uh, ascend the the Mount Olympus of education. Yeah, no, he started off as an educator, right? Yeah, as a teacher, yeah. as a history teacher. Yeah. Then a system principal, principal, middle school principal, mm-hmm. and he's he's got a fine career in the system that he's in. So he's going to talk a little bit about that, but also, yeah, I was talking about life hacks before yes. and engaging with your kids. He's going to do that on, on such another level. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from him. I'm so glad we have him in our house. Thanks again for being such a great person, getting our guests. You do such a good job. Adam. It's fun. Adam D., it's you're fun. the deal. Hey, it's the challenge of getting another great guest is what makes this thing so fun. That makes it so much fun. And again, it's, it's a team effort. And we are Coach Randy and Adam D. We are Bad to the Dad. Bad to the Dad. As your body grows bigger, your mind must flower. It's great to learn, because knowledge is power. In Schoolhouse Rocky, the chip off the block of your favorite schoolhouse, Schoolhouse Rock. This is Bad to the Dad. We are celebrating suburban dad life. Coach Randy and Adam D. And Coach, sometimes the guests just find you. There are current events that are going on. You're talking about stuff at the water cooler. And then lo and behold, a guest falls in your lap that just aligns with all those current events. And that is what's happening this week with our guest, Dr. Matt Block. Dr. Matt Block. Matt, great to have you. It's really great to be here. And the good news is my lap is feeling pretty comfortable right now. So I'm glad you're It is a fine lap. It is a welcoming (laughs) lap. And that should scare many of our (laughs) listeners. But fortunately, this is a radio type of format uh, versus, versus television. So Matt... First, I, I know you've been a teacher. You have been a principal. Yep. You've been an assistant principal. Can you explain a little bit of, of what you're doing now? I know you're in a very competitive public school system, but but what right. is your job now? So right now I'm the director of personnel for a public school district uh, nearby. So that sounds fancy. So, yeah, so the progression was teacher, assistant principal, principal, and now I work at the central office level. So kind of one step below the superintendent. Uh, so my job is to, for the district, it's a K-12 district, about 4,500 students, about 700 staff. My job is to uh, help all of the principals and the hiring of staff, making sure that uh, we're doing everything for our staff that we need to in terms of human resources and also professional development. So you said personnel, human resources, so we're colleagues. You're doing recruiting. Yep. You're Mm -hmm. doing, I guess, not necessarily employee relations, but development. All of that. Employee employee relations is actually a big part of it because, as you know, uh, teachers in public schools um, have unions. So I'm the liaison with our teachers association as well. Yes, and in some districts, they're actually sleeping with students. We're hoping that that's not the case where you are. (laughs) Well, But that has to be addressed. If they were, I'd certainly be involved uh, in enforcing the rules around that. Boy, wouldn't that be a career goal. (laughs) Real quick question. Is this something we woke up one day and said, hey... I wanted to be an administrator in a school system. That is exactly what I want to be. Give me a sense of the evolution of such a idea. Well, I think um, you know. I think as a teacher, not only do you uh, love what you do in your classroom, but you see 
the supports that teachers are getting in a school, the atmosphere in a school. You see uh, all the different programs that are happening in the school. And I had a principal who wasn't really super hands-on and I didn't think inspired the teachers in the school. And then I had a principal who did the opposite, really brought the best out of the teachers and the best out of the, best out of the students. And um, I wanted to, I believed in that position, you could make a big difference. So that's what inspired that's me to nice. become an administrator. But when you were younger, I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. Okay. What, what did you I mean, What did you want to be when they asked you? What did you want to be? Oh, that changed. I mean, went from being a there was a baker for a long time, uh, and then there was a rabbi for a couple of years. It's really? Yeah. Uh, it, it was more. Ba- kind of like it was teacher. more based on the singing than it was based on. Uh, <laughs> Are you a singer? Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy being on stage. So yeah. I figure, you know, the rabbi gets to uh, be in front of yeah. everybody right. and and give speeches and sing. Uh-huh. And that that was short lived, but it was real. But you had done uh, you had done theater as a a younger gent. Yeah. And did you had had you ever aspired to perhaps being an actor, a never song a, and dance man? So I, you know, I had a Jewish grandmother who uh, decided oh, to put an end to that at every turn. <laughs> Always so, a Jewish grandmother. Yes, you gotta be practical. Yes, this is not you gonna can make work. Make a living from this. <laughs> how are you gonna make a living? You're never gonna make. A, how are you gonna support a family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ten years old, Grandma. I like doing plays. <laughs> you know, but uh, she. Now, was she Grandma? Did you give her a specific name? Uh, she call her grandma. Buddy? Yeah, I called her grandma. Grandma, yeah, grandma. Nice. But uh, she, uh, anytime I even mentioned being a, that's a nice hobby. It's not a career. It's not what so. a nice Jewish boy does when he grows up. I think Absolutely. that's what our mother said about the podcast. How are you going to make a living? It's not a living. Mom, don't worry. We're just We're having just, a good time in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, but but I I became a camp counselor during the summer, which mm-hmm. uh, just found that I loved working with kids, mm-hmm. and that's where the education began to bubble up. Yep. So baker, rabbi, camp counselor, <laughs> and and there are some rabbis who do bake, and we know there's many rabbis who teach. Uh, yeah, Not every teacher rabbi. I could have probably found a way to fit everything yeah. together yeah. in a kosher bakery where <laughs> people sing, but, running a camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with yeah. kids. I don't know. But, but to start okay, yeah. with uh, with a teacher, right? Yes. What was it that you decided you wanted to go from being the educator in the classroom into more of an administrative role? Because Having been familiar with the education environment, sometimes there's like this, this, uh, this pull and push between administrators and teachers. What was it that drove you to be an administrator? It was the it was that leadership aspect. It was uh, you know seeing what a difference what a difference an educational leader an administrator makes on the type of education that kids get in the classroom. So you know, I I saw it done well. I saw it done not well. I felt that I could do it well. So um, I pursued that. So unless you're Kathy DeVos, nobody, nobody <laughs> Betsy, <laughs> Betsy DeVos. Betsy, Betsy yes, DeVos. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Is that her sister-in-law? Yeah, yeah. But she might get hired too. We never. We promise never to bring her name up. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, bring out the worst from us. But but other than Betsy DeVos, yeah. nobody gets hired off the street. To be in the top role. So the progression is, you know, you start as a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. You cut yeah. your teeth in, in teaching. Yep. And perhaps there's another administrative trajectory. There's the assistant mm-hmm. principal, the principal, and, you know, then you then you get into the, the board of education yeah. uh, in, a, in a salaried way. And then, you know, you achieve roles like yours, mm-hmm. right? So when you, when you hear about aspiring educators, are they telling you, I want to be a teacher because I love the art of teaching, or are they saying, ultimately, I want to be an administrator? Guide me along that path. Yeah, I think um, some teachers 
see that as a goal to become more of an educational leader. It, now that my job really is to meet and interview new young teachers, I don't hear many of them saying that before their first day in the classroom, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to get a sense of what how a school runs and what education looks like. I don't think you know what the job of a principal or an assistant principal is when you're first becoming a teacher. You learn that as you exist in a school organization. So I don't see anybody jumping out of teacher school saying I want to be a principal day one but we have young teachers after a year or two and watching it and and knowing what it is um say that's what I'd like to do I'd like to move into some leadership role yeah no so I have a little commentary yeah and then uh I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it uh I do a lot of traveling around the country do a lot of work with schools and I find that there is a lot of pressure amongst kids to make sure that not only do you get good education you go to get you know good college and get a good job and make a lot of money and that that piece is very important in terms of making a lot of money. And I find the irony that when you ask kids in schools, how many do you want to be a teacher? Some say it I would, but hmm. there's not enough money. Or in other situations, they would go home and say, I told my parent I want to be a teacher, but the parents said no because there's not enough money in education. So in the environment which itself is contained in terms of encouraging kids to learn and grow, there also seems to be this double message that Teachers aren't going to be rich. Teachers don't make enough money. So don't even think about that kind of career. I think that's very, very real, Coach. Um, and I think that's hurting us now more than ever because the argument is, you know, while the money's not there, there's security, right? You, you have, you, you know, you'll be able to get a paycheck twice a month. And then when you retire, the state will take care of you. Um, it's the level of respect that you get. People admire teachers. People uh, look well on teachers. And just in the last decade, that has faltered quite a bit where teachers have gotten a bad rap in the media, where the state is not sure if they're going to be able to fund pensions and benefits. Um, teachers that used to get real, the security part, really mm -hmm. good deals on benefits, those deals have eroded. So I know colleges have seen a major dip in their enrollment in teacher prep programs. And while, you know, part of my job, as uh, Adam said, is recruiting, it's become more and more challenging to recruit because mm -hmm. fewer and fewer uh individuals are graduating with teaching certificates. You know, and so then on top of that, you have this upper echelon of student that is really talented, very smart, that are going out and going to top schools that would be incredible educators, but simply because they wouldn't make enough money, would not even consider coming back and teaching. And we need those kind of kids to be the teachers, mm -hmm. right? So how do we kind of flip that around and let parents know that, hey, being a teacher is good, it's solid, it's important. We have to educate the future generation. Yeah, I think I think saying it is, is not enough. I mean, I think we have to give. And when you know when um, you know you see the the union uh, strikes in California and in other places around the country, Chicago, where teachers are fighting for basic pay raises and benefits. Um, it's really hard for anybody to make the case that. Because if you know if you can go to MIT and you know you're a physics major, you can become a physics teacher or a physicist. Um, what's the argument for becoming the physics teacher? That's really hard. Um, you know, one of the things is they compare the United States a lot to Finland, right? Finland's the number one on mm -hmm. the PISA, the yeah. international mm -hmm. test. Finland's yeah. number one. And when you talk to or you read about Finland, 
it is a major uh, honor to yeah. be able to enter the education field, and it's challenging to do so. And you have to have a master's degree, but once you're there, you have uh, you have a lot of respect. It's thought of as a really um, highly thought of uh, profession, and it's it would take more than just giving that message. It would, it takes supporting that message with real action and going back to salaries and benefits that are commensurate with the the value of the role. So basically what I heard you say, go to Finland and teach. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, Finland yeah. is kicking our butt in <laughs> hockey and yodeling. And yodeling. Yodeling too? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be... So we really have to up our game. I think teaching teachers to yodel, is that uh, what we're looking at? I, I think we may be onto a new enterprise there. Absolutely. You know what's funny? <laughs> oh, you're a gem, Randy. You know, he practiced that for days. Did he? Before you oh, that's why you, that that yes. you guys said mention yodeling whenever yes, you... We do. always need to uncork yeah. a, a yodeling moment. You know, and I just like eating yodels, which is like a completely different show yeah. altogether. But the thing that we often talk about, we have a lot of dads in here, and I do a lot in my own business, is parents. Mm -hmm. Right? And parents are freaking nuts, man. And we want to, I get my own sense in terms of what goes on, you know, but you're in a position, uh, maybe not specifically now in your particular role, but with what you've done, what's up with parents? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's some parents, right? It, but but the number probably has grown and the level of craziness has grown. Um, but it is a, a, it, there, it is a generation of parents um, in some cases that just, want to put the blame on anybody else but mm. their kid and put the responsibility on anybody else but their kid. So they, they really, I think, view themselves as their purpose is to defend and to cheerlead for their kid. Now, are you talking about, are we talking about, you know, boomers, Gen Xers, millennials? I mean, where's that, where's that come from? It like just sprouted. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if it comes from kind of a generation where i mean we we didn't have to live through world war ii we didn't have to live through vietnam so maybe our uh, the the battle that we want to fight is you know to protect our our children and maybe as we view our children uh you know possibly being held accountable or responsible for something that emotion of the possible pain our children mm -hmm. might feel as a result of that mm -hmm. is something that people can't stomach and but, I think it's partly that. But, yeah. but Randy brought up a good point earlier. Yeah. It's like, you know, teachers don't want to go into teaching. They say it, it's a, a very noble profession. I love the art of teaching. I love the art of molding kids' minds. And then there's the but. And that main but was financial. Mm -hmm. Lately, I'm hearing it's financial, but also dealing with these parents, it's just not worth it. Yeah, and we've had people who have left in our district and who have told me that's it that's the 100 percent reason that i can't be in education it's not unique to the district that i'm in for oh, no, sure it's across, mm -hmm. it's across the board but i have had young educators tell me i don't want it's it's just too much that and and when you're trying to do the right thing for a kid and a parent steps in and points their finger at you and blames you um, that's a, a hard place to be, you know, it's a, but it goes back to that lack of respect. It's where you put teachers in the pecking order of a society. And if you see teachers as kind of your hired help, who's supposed to, you know, there's a lot, we know, I mean, we're all, we're dads and we know there's a lot of emotion in seeing our kids go through a rough patch. 
And um, some parents just can't stomach that. I think it's that. And I think it's that the button is right in front of everybody all the mm. time to make that phone call. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people truly understand the capacity world in which educators live. I think uh, when I go and speak, I often challenge parents in particular to go back and live in their kid's school for one week to remind themselves of what they went through. But the truth is, it is so much different now than it was 10 years ago that it's so much quicker, so much faster. How do you, in your role, help parents begin to adjust? Because we've seen some crazy stuff in the news now uh, in terms of this parent pressure and, and parents, listen, some parents do it the legal way. They buy buildings for schools, right? right. Other parents, some people, but it's okay. Right? We do it the legal way. Yeah. But why is why are these parents so freaked out that these kids are just not going to end up being in college doing great things? Where do we go wrong? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think it's that it's it's incredible amount of pressure, and there's competition, and everybody know it's everybody knows what everybody else is doing, and the, it's everything that's posted on social media, and they think that it's a major competition, and they want to be able to tout their their child's successes. They don't want their child to uh, struggle at all, and that's and that's a big part of the issue. So kids have become like the Porsche. My neighbor has a really nice Porsche, and I've got an older model. Right. And now my kid... Kids right? Porsche. So now I've got kids, yeah. and I want my kids to have the best. So this this kid next door is getting to Yale. Mm -hmm. All right, now I've got to send my kid to Yale, or I have to send them to Harvard. Yeah. And they may not be ready for Yale or Harvard. And, of course, we're mimicking the story of the yes. Lori Laughlin and... But I think, I, think, I think to some degrees, colleges have also put it in the, in the mm. parents' heads that, you you know, the competition, they will say, you know, when you have college nights or, or parent nights, you know, where you're talking about uh, how to get into college, you know, college officials will come down and say, you need X, Y, or Z. And there's these, there are these very high bars that the kids have to hmm. get over to, to, to get in. And I mean, we actually had a parent, you know, we had a parent who raised her hand at a college night this year and the parent said, so if I'm advising my kid, is it better to get A's in regular classes yep. or to get B's in honors in classes? Honors classes or and the answer from the college admissions person was it's better to get A's in honors classes. Mm -hmm. I mean, what psychology is that so <laughs> you didn't even I, answer the question and I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in the back of the room going what you just said is basically if you don't get A's, A's. and honors classes your kid's not going to be able to get into college which is which is a load of hooey but it also but I a but, load I, of hooey but it, but it's I've a, never heard anybody use the word hooey <laughs> it's a PhD it's so. a PhD it's kind of vocabulary <laughs> that you get when you're the PhD a load of hooey so I, I sat in the back of the room and I said oh my god that woman didn't need to hear that mm -hmm. and all these people don't need to hear that you know it, it, i don't know where it, where it became if my kid doesn't go to harvard it's not going to be okay so i have a quick question for you you've been around yeah. education for a long time yeah. this, this is not a gotcha question okay. this is not uh how many colleges university trade schools do you think there are in this country i have he <laughs> asked me this and he gotcha'd me <laughs> yeah yeah but he asked how many schools? Do you, i assume you know the answer oh, i know the answer yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know five thousand three hundred yeah right of those 5,300, you're a professional, you've been in this business for a long time, which ones are good? Well, that's, uh, that's a lack of, there's a lack of science on that, right? But which one is good? It's the one that 
fits with the personality up top, of the kid. Up top. Up top. Did I? Did I? Did high I, did I do right? That was someone that was not says playing. number one answer. <laughs> number one answer. That is what is the most important school. Right. Whatever your kid goes to, wherever they're headed, that's the number one school. And for some kids, the right school isn't the uh, isn't the answer either. It may it's not, not a four year. School. It may not be a four four year school. At least not a four year school right away. It may not be a school at all. Right. It, may it could not be, be a trade a school. It might be a could gap be. year. It could, could be, be something. Could be the military. Yeah. Oh! So yeah. I, that's why I said it wasn't a gotcha question. Right. The truth is, is that we're so consumed over this importance of education. Do you know? And I'm sure you do. You don't have to leave your room or house to be listened to the, some of the greatest lecturers and schools and universities across the country just through the internet. Absolutely. You don't have to. No. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to be educate. You got access. So the idea about education is really about socialization. Well, it's one, it's about socialization, and two, it's about the tools to deal with all of that. Well, of course. So yeah. when you say so how often do, do peer parents say, My kid goes wants to go to college, I want him to get a, or her to get a good job. Right. And why do you go to college? Do you go to college to get a job? Or do you go to college to get an education? Exactly. It should be to get an education. Well, that's the whole point. Right, right. And But parents are so consumed. We saw that play out. We've had conversations, Adam, D, and I, over this yeah. craziness that has played out. You know, so as you're all, how do you chill your parents out and say, your kid's fine, they're amazing, I swear to you, they're going to be okay? Well, just by doing that, I mean, just by saying those things, mm-hmm. by giving examples... But you know, it, de- it, it all depends, too, in what kinds of school districts you work in. My daughter's going into high school next year. We had an yeah. orientation about oh, a month yes. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this high school happens yeah. to be yeah. Matt's alma mater. Uh-huh. And I have to tell you, I was very, very impressed with how the curriculum is organized. Because now it is set up in a way where you can load up on classes... Mm-hmm that align with your interests, at least your current interests. Like, what does a 14-year-old know what they, they want to do? <laughs> right. But for the, you know, for the here and now... This is still going to do better if something they're interested in. Yes, they're going to be more engaged. To. So if you're a STEM person, yeah. you load up on STEM. If you mm-hmm. want to do honors, you stack up on honors. Mm-hmm. If you want to do humanities, if you want to do entrepreneurship, they have that. Mm-hmm. They have that. And I'm like, wow, a, a, a practical approach to education where my kid's going to wake up every day and say... Man, it's Monday. I don't love Mondays, but at least I'm going to focus the majority of my schoolwork on what I love to do. Do you see that trend? But there's, but there's still yes. So I mean, I think um, school districts are waking up to the need for high interest classes, for making learning relevant to kids, to capitalizing on what they're interested in. But there still are those core requirements that the that you need. On, there's also the issue of the transcript, right? Have you taken X, Y, and Z courses? Mm-hmm. What grades have you gotten on those courses? What transcript are you going to get that's going to go to the college, mm-hmm. that's going to get you into the mm-hmm. college? Until we can take another look at that high school transcript a little mm-hmm. bit and you know what we're requiring and why, um, I think we're still going to be torturing kids a little bit. Still, public you're still education. going with the reading, writing, arithmetic. You know, that's, no, no. I mean, I get you essential. have to you have to Science. cover the essential yeah. things, but mm-hmm. I'm saying that uh, until there's some more flexibility in terms of what students need to graduate and what graduation requirements are, um, as much as you can reorganize things and try to shape them into things that are interesting. Um, having to meet those requirements are going to be limiting in, in high school's ability to be creative. Okay. So you're, um, you're a parent. 
Yeah. And you have kids that are in public school. I do. Right? Not obviously where you work, uh-huh. but you have a, it's a 13 and a 10, right? Yep. 13 and 10, g- girl and boy. I know mm-hmm. that they're contemporaries of, of my kids uh-huh. and, and Randy's kids to a degree. Ultimately, you know, leave at night your your role as uh, an assistant superintendent, right. and then be parent. Mm-hmm. So, what what are you observing as a parent of students in a different school system? Oh, are it's seeing, it's great. Seeing... I mean, I think being a parent and an educator, I think being a parent informs you as an educator like nothing else, mm-hmm. because you get to see in a very detailed way how decisions that are made during the school day and things that happen during the school day impact your household and mm-hmm. your kids and yourself. Um, I think I think I better understand those parents that are a little bit pushy and high test because yeah. I have felt those emotions where you want to yeah. right away pick up the phone and call the school yeah. and say, what the heck are you doing? Um, I've been able to restrain those emotions. Some people can't, but it's helped me to understand where it comes from. Yeah. Well, do you do you feel because of your role, you need to be hyper focused on your kids doing well in in school? No, I I mean I, I don't I think I think it's it's had the opposite effect. I think uh-huh. it's I mean of course I want my kids to do well, but I think having experienced those parents that are, are super involved, the quote unquote helicopter parents, mm-hmm. I think that's motivated me to try not to be one. Oh, okay. Because I think that. Uh, I think kids are healthier when they do have some strife and some uh, obstacles in their way and work through those things independently. Well, well that's one of the pieces that, uh, as you bring up as a dad, right? Yeah. Um, and a parent. Uh, it's easy when a kid falls down, blood comes up, you know, yeah. you clean it off, you put the bandit on, you can fix it. Uh, we are such inclined as parents to want to help and have our kids avoid pain, right? Um, but sometimes as a parent, you need to have your kids experience pain, right? Absolutely. And as that role, you, I'm sure you deal with parents all the time who are trying to protect their kids. Adam mentioned the helicopter parent. You have the helicopter parent. You have the uh, the snowplow parent. You have the lawnmower parent, right? All the different types of parents. <laughs> it's a weed whacker parent, right? It's, it's all, you can get them all at Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a package of three discount, right? And, it's, and sometimes you want to say, it's okay if you let your kids don't do well... It's important for them not... I take it a step further. It's important for them not to do well. And it's important Mm -hmm. for them to advocate for themselves and work through it. Mm -hmm. And and I have to give credit to some of the parents I've worked with in my time as an educator thus far. Because as much as we're talking about those parents Mm -hmm. who are hyper-involved, there are also those parents that you see as an educator and you go, they're doing the right thing for that kid. And the right thing for that kid is to say, all right, you have an issue with your teacher... Go in in the morning, yeah. Think, t- tell me what you're going to say, rehearse it with them, and you go and do it. I'm not going to call and scream at your teacher for you. You have to talk to them. Now, if, if something inappropriate happens in mm-hmm. that conversation, then, then maybe I need to intervene, but I hope not. So now you're a dad, right? And now you see it because you've seen how the sausage made. As an yes. educator, you know how sausage is <laughs> You know made. too much. <laughs> right? And you know, and it's clear based on your experience... There's some issues going on, and you're trying to protect, right? So how do you balance that piece of knowing what's behind the scenes compared to allowing your kid to struggle, have a hard time, and be able to figure things out on their own? Well, I mean, I think sometimes I can subtly give 
uh, particularly my daughter who's a little bit older now, I can give her, this is what I think probably the teacher is thinking, or this is what I think might be happening in the school. And I could say, this is, this is how I want you to go about mm -hmm. dealing with it. Um, but I also have, there have been a couple times where I felt like I had to step in. But even, even in that scenario, in calling the principal um, or the teacher, you know, knowing sort of how a classroom operates mm -hmm. to be able to say, listen, this is my take on what I think is going so on. So are you able to say, hi, not my name is uh, Dr. Matt Pluck. I'm a blah, blah, blah at this particular school system. <laughs> you, just, you call in and say, hi, I'm father of, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I would never. I mean, the, my, my kids, my kids' principals know what I do for a living, but, um, but yeah, but it's a, it's a, of course I approach it as a dad. I, I don't. You know, and and my weight in one district doesn't carry anything in my kids' districts anyway. But they know I'm an educator, so that helps to make the conversation a little different, a little more productive. Do, do you find that they respect that conversation, or are they intimidated by the fact that oh, here's a very high level education professional coming in uh, into my territory, telling me how to do my job? Not the principals, but mm -hmm. but there have been so like I know my kids tell their teachers especially when i was a principal they'd say my dad's a principal um now they say my dad works at central office in a school district um so i think there have been a couple occasions where i've spoken to the teachers and they may have been careful about what they're saying <laughs> uh to me because of uh where you know what i do for a living well so. it's also a small world too so. it all yeah and they never you never know when you know, they they might need a job or want a yeah, job. You or, can be their boss. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, education. We have ways. <laughs> ways. But it's true. But so part of it, we're all kind of crazy parents because the the truth is that we're all concerned for our kids' well being. Right. I do believe educators have a better understanding down the road that you know what, our kids are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. We give them a good education, lots of love, lots of support. Uh, as a dad, what do you find it to be the most challenging part as a dad? and your role coming home and what you do? I mean, I think it's giving credence to the things that they're experiencing in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I think part of that is being an educator. You see kids who are really struggling with mm -hmm. um, a lot of times more serious and detrimental things than my kids. Mm -hmm. um, but their experiences and, and their disappointments and their frustrations, I think, are just as real to them mm -hmm. as, you know, some of the things that, you know, I we've had, you know, we have kids with um, major special needs in our school, kids who come from impoverished homes. Um, and that's, uh, and sometimes it's hard to, hear what my daughter or son mm. is saying was a, a real tragedy during the school day and to kind of give that credence. <laughs> yeah. But you try yeah, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do your kids enjoy school? One of, I think they both do. One of them really thrives in that environment and the other one struggles to, uh, to, to thrive in that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they both like going. They like the social aspect of it. One of them loves academics and the other kid um, would uh, rather have recess all day. <laughs> there is something about having parent, a parent or parents who love work, yeah. love what they do. And you may, as a child, not appreciate their career. Like my, my dad was an accountant and I was the, the farthest thing from a numbers guy. Mm -hmm. But... I think the influence that I got from my dad is that he really was passionant about his profession and he, and he loved this work. And he always made time for me after work, but 
having him come home with those green spreadsheets. That's how they, there was no Excel back yeah. then. Yep. And saying, hey, you know, going to throw the ball around, but I, I really got to focus on the spreadsheet for the time being. And seeing him just laser focused on that. That that was uh, that was very impactful for me, and you know, as I kind of matriculated myself and got older and, and found my own path, I'm like, well, that's the kind of work ethic, and that's the kind of flow I want to achieve. What I think is funny is we're talking about this uh, Adam D uh, and Doctor Block. Yeah, uh, I recall I, uh, many many years ago I went into college uh, to become a political science major. Right, I wanted to be a I wanted to be a lawyer and a politician in Colorado. That was my goal. I wanted to be a senator. Uh, soon I discovered I hated poli sci. Uh, and then I switched my major. I was a poli sci sociology major. Then I dropped poli sci altogether. And then my father was a mint educator. Yeah. He was a music teacher. So uh, that was kind of like the family business. He was a he was a teacher. And I decided to become a teacher when I was in college. And my goal was to teach high school social problems, sociology, and to coach high school baseball. I remember the day that I came to that moment, that aha moment, that I knew what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because my dad had been an educator, I called him up. I'm like, hey, dad, what's going on? He's like... No, not much was happening. I go, I, I know what I want to be when I grow up, right? And he said, what? Tell me. I go, I want to be a teacher. Are you mother effing kidding? That's the stupidest <laughs> thing in the world. Why the... Yeah, but you see how miserable I am. Oh, you want to become a teacher, blah, 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 blah. And it's a funny story because he was a teacher and he did it for a number of years. Um, and it was always, you know, I'm an educator of sorts as well. Sure. Uh, but it was really the kind of story back then because he had the experience of an educator. Uh, and to this day, I, I love teaching. Uh, and I love that fact that what you do, and I think you're a teacher as well with what you do. I am, yeah. So I teach adults, but right. in the corporate world, and I think what makes this whole partnership with Coach Randy so uh, so wonderful is that he handles it on the student and that. Stop it. <laughs> oh, go on. Go <laughs> on, But he's coaching. Stop. They you know, really funny. like each they, other. Well, that, it's funny. He says, I'm, I'm a coach for teens, but I think... Yeah. Um, you know, in the in the offing, right? What you what you don't see behind the curtain? He's really coaching parents. <laughs> he's yeah. really coaching parents. Yes. Don't he let him fool you guys. Stop being yeah. so and crazy. I, and I'm, I'm, mine's more blatant. I yeah. am I am bringing people into a room, and I'm finding educational solutions mm-hmm. for people to do their jobs better and become better professionals, and ultimately become better leaders. So I think that the profession of education is so much broader now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, you could be a one-day educator. You could be an educator in a school. You could be ed- an educator in a corporation, yep. or you could be a hired gun. What do you? What do you? When you think about you know, as you spend time with your kids, what do you like to do as a dad? I mean, anything that kind of opens them up to something new, having new experiences. Um, I like to. I like to push their boundaries a little mm-hmm. bit and get them to try things that they normally wouldn't want to try. But I also, you know, but on the other hand, um, I also like uh, if they're interested in something, mm-hmm. pointing everything out that I know mm-hmm. that will that will pique that interest. Mm-hmm. So, so those are two ends of the spectrum, but I would say those are the two things. One is getting them to try new things and learn new things and, and kind of broaden their horizons. But on the other hand, those things that are naturally interesting to them, um, to bring them as much as they can to kind of inspire that as well. I think it's really important to have personal interests, things that they love, um, passions, um, but also be willing to expand uh, that into to new things sometimes. So we have a, a segment here. It's kind of how we wrap up the interviews. Okay. It's dad vice. Now, you're in a very interesting position. Right? I mean, we ask our guests, 
what advice would you give to parents? So, you know, this is kind of unusual because you're an educator dad, but you're also a dad. So the advice that you give can be as an educator or it can be just as a dad. Which is why we call it dad vice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and this episode is the school of dad. This is yeah, the school of dad. Yeah. yeah. School of dad. I mean, I think I think I, I hinted at it uh, as we chatted a little bit, but I think it's about working with your kids to be self-advocates, mm-hmm. um, to figure out ways to solve problems where they can be the main player in the solving of the problems and having them kind of embrace those obstacles that come in their way, but not accept them, not just say this is how it has to be, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you make that change and guiding them through it rather than stepping in and making the change for them. That's great That's great, great advice. Great yeah. advice. <laughs> I think there's a potential for a part two. But, okay. You know, we try to keep the show to an hour. Got it. <laughs> this has uh, this has been fiery and spirited and and all in a good way. And this has been uh, such a joy to have you and kind of you know hear your thoughts and 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 advice not just at the end of the interview but really across the interview. To, well, I'm uh, a bad to the dad listener, yeah. and uh, right, so well, it has one. been. Uh, Really very exciting to be behind the scenes here at Bad to the Dash. And uh, don't share the secrets. Watch the magic. Watch the magic (laughs) come alive. Dr. Matt Block has been our guest on Bad to the Dad. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We're celebrating suburban dad life. Download us wherever you find podcasts. As your body grows bigger, your mind must flower. It's great to learn. Because knowledge is power. This is Bad to the Dad, celebrating suburban dad life with Coach Randy and Adam D. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And when I say social media, my favorite of all the social media is Instagram. You love Instagram. Follow us, like us. You can storytell in pictures and short captions on Instagram. We have good pictures up on Instagram, too. We have a... All these different pictures of all of our guests, how we do these uh, zany, crazy things. Now there's like stories. Like if you click on the icon uh-huh. in in your Instagram account, yeah. you can see like a live story happening with quotes. I put quotes up. I noticed that. I saw some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. You ingenious, brother. Well, we got to keep the listener engaged, and we thank the listener thank you, for listeners. being with us through 11 episodes. And of course, we always thank our guests for making the time and telling us about their their dad's stories. But uh, when it comes to social media, Instagram is a great landing page, and we, we'd love to connect with you. And what a fun guest. I was just, you know, we, we could have gone on for days. Talking to an educator for like days that, I mean, it's just uh, Dr. fascinated. And I, I am. I, I love the way he answered some of the questions. I think uh, he's right on top in terms of the parents, man. Dads. I mean, although is it really dads? Is it moms? we got to chill the F out, man. Yeah, it's it's probably both, and depending just, on the family, it's probably one or the just, other. It's just enough. Our kids, my gosh. Here's what I loved about what he said. Yeah. Let your kids screw up. Yes. And yes. find the solutions. Just let them figure. That's a paraphrase. Out. Yeah. But that's it. You know, don't feel like you have to solve all their problems. Let them struggle, man. Let them figure things out. We have to. Um, it was fun. He was funny, and I think he, I think he enjoyed his time here. Yeah, he's a real guy. Yeah. You know, doc, Dr. Block is a, a real guy. We know him as Matt. Yeah. But, you know, we're in the same social circles, so yes. we're doing all the same fun and stuff. I, and I think he was a little bit impressed with us. 
I gotta tell if you, if I do say so myself, I will. I will, you know, give myself a little nod on the chin. Well, we did volunteer our services in a school assembly or three or four. So <laughs> absolutely, we're we're but happy I think to do he that. Was, uh, my, I would say more than mildly. I think that people they kind of like, hey, you guys know what you're talking about. We have a, you know, his little banter between the two of us. You know, we have a good time. We're laughing and giggling. I think we impressed him. I would call that gravitas. Gravitas. Yes. <laughs> now we're now we're a big deal. We're a legend in our free time. Is, legend is in what our, I say. In our free time. So so next week, uh, what are we doing? Now we've had we've had educational dads. Yes. We've had music dads. Yes. We've had boxing dads. Yes. We've had comedian dads. Next week, uh, to me, it's a big question mark. What are we doing? What's happening? Our topic for next week. Our thing is April showers bring. Dad's flowers. I've never heard that before, <laughs> but only on Bad to the Dad can you come up with with such a slogan. Well, I just figured it's time to talk about April showers, right? Yeah, if spring ever gets here. Spring ever gets here, but dad flowers, you know? And we have a new, we have a great guest coming, don't we? We have Steve Jacobs, Steve right? Steve Jacobs. Now, Steve Jacobs, um, this is, this is going to be riotous, because yes. Steve has so many different hobbies, mm-hmm. and he's involved in so many things as a dad. Yes. Right? So he is a collector of like old school computer equipment and games. So you remember that Atari you had, yeah, that Commodore yeah. 64, yeah. that in television? He still has You it. threw it out, he, he kept, kept it. it. You should see this guy's basement. I wonder what it's worth. It would make our dad's <laughs> attic look sick. He goes on road trips, doesn't fly a lot. He goes yes. on road trips to yeah. New Orleans where yeah. he's, he's from, goes to Tennessee, yeah. Chicago. So... That minivan, if that minivan could speak, <laughs> I bet, I bet, it would have tales that to would tell. Be nice. He's a, he's a yeah. nice person, nice dad. We're talking about uh, what he does. Him as a dad. April showers brings dad flowers. <laughs> we are bad to the dad. Thank you, dads. Have a great week. <laughs>